0: Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10.
1: Talk radio 1210 WPHT, the segment brought to you by Budget Blinds. Budgetblinds.com, your one stop shop for blinds, shades, Shutters, custom drapery and motorization, free in-home consultations, and the only no-questions-asked warranty in the business. Ask about their exclusive-inspired collection online at budgetblinds.com. We will get to uh, Joe Biden's age and also this Taylor Swift story in a moment. But let me grab Michelle. She's on the main line this morning, and she has some thoughts on Nikki Haley. Michelle, good morning. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're
1: doing well. What's going on?
2: So uh, I have some friends that are pretty well connected, and they're talking a lot about this no labels, no labels, and it, it, it stops, it starts, I hear about it, I don't hear about it. They're all very hot about Nikki Haley right now, and um, apparently now this we're seeing little, to me it seems like purposeful leaks that no labels is talking about Nikki Haley, and now I'm hearing rumblings of something called the spoiler act, that there is something called, something with spoiler, and you're not allowed to jump parties and run for president on another label, on another party. And I don't know how lo- no labels is going around this, because they're not an actual party. I'm not sure what their story is, but that's some of the rumblings I'm hearing.
1: So you're calling it the Spoiler Act or the Spoiler Law that prevents
2: this from happening? The Spoiler yeah, I don't know what it's called. The spoiler law, the spoiler act, something that there's some law that doesn't allow you to hmm. or, or something that prevents people.
1: Um, I will look it up for you, um, Michelle. I'm not sure, but thank you for the phone call. Uh, Ross, Ross Perot. What's that? It was 92, Ross Perot. Okay, and, and so that would have been 32 thank years you. ago. Okay, I'm looking at it here. FairVote.org. Defining the spoiler effect, and there you go, Ross Perot. So, what does this include? I guess there has to be a deadline in which you officially declare. Is that why? Is that why? Um, no labels is kind of still kind of just dangling red meat out there, so to speak. Yeah, but no labels is not a party, so she could
3: run as a Republican, Joe Manchin, or whoever can run as a Democrat or whatever he is, and it, it could just be a like a unity ticket. No.
1: I'm trying to find out here I'm I trying think the, to Google this live on the air. The
4: the party platforms basically do I think after Ross Perot especially they do everything they can to keep out of any independence sure. or third party. I mean yeah. that, so we've talked about that a lot that I you know I wish that they let others on the stage. They're not going to mm-hmm. because they want just the two of them. Right. And so that's that's another you know issue up for debate. But I think they've tried to you know put into place various laws and and then they try
1: to find loopholes to get around them but you know what's so annoying about a lot of this conversation is we keep always we and we've seen it in the polling and i i I guess you know the polling is is wrong here which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody if you've paid attention to politics the last two years all we hear is uh, America wants a third option, third option. We're tired of Biden. We're tired of Trump. Seventy percent of Americans want want some fresh blood in there, so to speak. Well, you've had the opportunity, America. And I'm speaking just generally to the population here. That's yeah, true. You know, if if you wanted somebody other than Trump, well, there was a lot of other, quote, qualified good options. We talked about the Republican Party being deeper than the Democrats. Ron DeSantis was the, uh, next. Ron DeSantis was basically the Gavin Newsom to the right, except he's actually done an amazing job in Florida, and nobody wanted DeSantis. The guy dropped out on January 21st. And then we said, well, Nikki Haley's the one who's gonna stick through, and she, she just got beat 60-40 in her own home state. So you had those options. You had Tim Scott. You had Vivek Ramaswamy. And then on the left, I mean, You know, RFK has to do what he has to do and become an independent so that he can, quote, enter the race, so to speak, because, you know, but basically Biden doesn't want to deal with anybody else. And then there's, okay, you know, Marianne Williamson, there's Dean Phillips Then we've heard, Joe Manchin on down the list. You know, I'll continue to stand by this. I don't believe we will see anything other than what we currently have in my lifetime. If we have something other than just Democrat versus Republican two people before I die which would be in about 22 years at this rate. Um, I would be stunned. I would be stunned. We keep hearing we want it, yet it just doesn't materialize. Now, some of that's the system and the way it's built yeah, was, and prevents people from entering, but... I was just going to say, both the
3: R's and D's don't want that to not. happen, so they're going to try everything and do everything they possibly can to keep it Nobody ever Nobody wants happening. to expand if you're already in the party and you're in the, the club, so to speak. The problem is, too, is that the majority of people just don't follow politics. So whatever ads they see or whatever thing that's like, yeah, I'll pick this person or that person. They don't, not many people go and take the time and research. So you see a third party candidate Mm -hmm. and you're like, everybody says they want it, but, but without name recognition or anything, they're just like, yeah, I'll take from the two that, I know yeah. you know what I mean like so I I don't I agree with you I never see this the majority of the country yes says they want it but when it actually comes down to it do they though
1: mm. I, I, unless they're just not enamored with anybody like as far as the third options go yeah and, and to be completely honest you know like Joe Manchin is milk toast dry he is vanilla he's he's got no charisma at all Nikki Haley has very minimal she's got more charm than Joe Manchin Ron DeSantis, it, 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 old pudding fingers, and he's he's not. He, there's nobody on the planet Earth that wants to sit down and have a beer with Ron DeSantis. So a lot of these people, are unfortunate, and, and to be honest, and Joe's the same way. Even when Joe had his faculties, Joe might get loud and start yelling and be very animated. But I don't, I never considered Joe to be this charismatic guy. I mean, oh yes. Oh, there's sure. been there's been, sure some char- there's been charm it with was. him in his elder years where he became like everybody's pop- pop. But <laughs> you know, remember Joe, we played you the clips in the 90s. He's a yelling, angry, maniacal he moderate.
3: He is. That's why I always found it funny in twenty twenty when everybody's like, Oh, we need to give it to you know, soothing Grandpa Joe because right. he'll he'll unite the country. I'm like, unite the country. Has anybody followed his politics over the last forty years? No. There's nothing uniting about him. That's right. Um, but I will disagree with you that I do think that at a, there was a point in time where Joe Biden was very charismatic and he was a guy that some people would want to sit down and have a beer with.
1: Mm-hmm. when would you say that was in his veep days with Obama because in the 90s he was very angry and then by 2020 before he really lost his faculties over the last three and a half four years I would have to say that stretch had to be in what the mid2000s I have
3: no I, I like I can't put a. a'm just I'm, I'm just, think- <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm, I'm I, just
1: thinking of the visuals and the sound bites I remember of him for the last 35 years I don't know where it was like man that there's the everyman because he he's always claimed to be middle class Joe. Mm-hmm. Except his tax returns never indicated he was middle class Joe. Guy's been making bank for forty years. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I don't find a guy that claims to be the everyman that is actually living financially like an elitist to be a relatable figure that I would like to have a beer with. But that's just me. I think
4: when he was a, a senator from Delaware and a single dad, and then married Jill, but he he was famous for you know taking Amtrak, taking the train, you know, and and so he. Pl- that played well in the public.
1: Mm-hmm. You think he would take? Sep- you it. think he would take Septa today if he could? <laughs> Speaking of public transit, all right, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Let me get to these two stories since we're on Joe here. Uh, conflicting views on Joe's age and the concerns and worries. Let me start with Axios. Axios with a story out that says Biden's reliance on note cards at fundraisers worries his donors. Dawn gave us a piece of news about 40 minutes ago in her big three that Joe totally butchered an Abraham Lincoln quote off of a note card. So this plays in perfectly to what we are talking about here. And why it matters is obvious. If you're relying on note cards to explain, as Axios lays out here, his own policy positions with questions that you know are coming from reporters that you have picked scripted in advance. This just goes to show you if you're somebody financing Joe Biden, why you would be absolutely terrified because he's got no cards. He's probably only going to take questions from five to seven reporters. You know the reporters and you probably know which a- outlet they're coming from. And odds are they're probably the mainstream media and very friendly. He's not going to be put in an adversarial setting where it's it's him and Peter Doocy going back and forth for two and a half minutes over a failed policy or a quote that he butchered. So if you can't do this for Joe, this is a major concern. Now, Republicans... Uh, We've certainly talked about Joe's age, as pretty much everybody has, including the New York Times, the Washington Post. But uh, Alex Conant is a Republican strategist and partner at Firehouse Strategies, a public affairs firm based in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And he is saying that Republicans are making a big mistake on Biden's age. He says as a Republican strategist who has bluntly tried to make the case For generational change against an an opposing presidential candidate, I can tell you, when you go down the age road historically, typically, it does not work. Now, I find that to be fascinating. So, basically, we are at a point now in politics, really, where facts don't matter. We can sit here and look at age, and you can say, okay, well, age is one thing, but where is he physically? Where is he cognitively? And we know physically and mentally, Joe is, you know, it's the old adage, you know, the car's running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. That That's where Joe is. Yet using this as a strategy, even if your, your candidate is old, and let's call it what it is. Trump's in great shape as far as comparing himself to Biden. He's, I would say, and I've said on this show, I think, I think Trump's probably 90, 95 percent of what he was mentally four years ago or eight years ago. He's had a few gaffes here and there, but they pale in comparison. For every one that Trump has, Joe has you know, probably 35. Um, but I don't think that we're at a point now. So we have been told, and this is really what's annoying to me. So age doesn't matter. And I'm going to give Alex credit here. He's a Republican. He's been doing this for a while, the whole bit. So he's saying that Republicans need to find something else. Okay, so if we leave Joe's age alone for a moment, we look at immigration and the border. We look at the economy. We look at inflation, the cost of everything, the cost of energy, the housing market, gas, you know, heating and cooling your home. So if we can't use age... And we can't use the four, five, six, seven different things topical issues, kitchen table issues. What are Republicans supposed to run on at this point? Because we know what the Democrats are going to run on. It's A, D, and D. It's abortion, democracy, and dictator for a day. So it's almost like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So then I would, if if I had Alex on the show here, and Alex wrote this piece in Politico. I would ask him, well, then what is your plan? How would you advise the Trump camp to go about countering and attacking the Biden administration? Because we can talk about the stuff that matters. We could talk about the stuff that maybe doesn't matter as much. Because I'm going to bring up DeSantis for a moment again. We, we, we were yeah we were told, oh, well, Ron DeSantis is a policy champion, but he's, he's too short. And then we started talking about his boots. And then we started saying, well, he's not really Donald Trump. All of these superficial things, like earlier this morning in the cut sheet, I said, do we really need a president that's 6'1"? I know historically, typically we elect tall presidents. Are we really going to forego electing a short president because he doesn't meet the, ro- the roller coaster height requirements? So I, I, I'm just looking at it from a Republican standpoint. What are we supposed to do as a party if using Joe's age historically is not a proven track record? What do you do? You mean you just roll over and play dead because of Roe v. Wade two years ago? Now obviously, that could be the kryptonite for Trump and Republicans for the foreseeable future. In any general election or in any swing state But I just look at it from a standpoint of There's a lot there that you can rail on With Joe Biden mm-hmm. and the age And and here's the thing You're telling me it doesn't matter, Alex Okay, but all the polls we see Joe Biden not fit the lead Democrats Are responding in CNN polls and Siena New York Times polls 72%, 67% Joe not fit the lead I mean, there's only so much content out there for you to pluck at. And I think age is probably the number one thing for Joe right now. On top of the failed policies, age wouldn't matter if he was actually kicking ass. But he's not. It's not his age,
4: though. Nobody talks about Trump's age. Nobody talks about Bernie Sanders age. It's it's the fact that there's every day there's a new gaffe. And these are not the old Joe Biden gaffes where you know he would he was famously you know speaking to a crowd and they're honoring an individual and he says oh so and so we're honoring you please stand and the person is there with no legs in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. that was joe biden and those were the biden gaffes that everybody knew but this is different this is you know what many would say uh dementia and that's being kind and And nobody I don't so I don't think it has to do with age. I think there are a lot of people, his quote unquote, age and and Trump's age, where you don't think about their age. The problem here is mental acuity. And so I, I think it's I think the biggest problem is that you have a situation where we have an economy that's failing Americans. Yeah. The media keeps telling us it's better. It doesn't feel better because it's what, 16, we're paying 16 to 19 percent more than we did pre-pandemic. Sure. And so we're all hurting, number one. Number two, you have all the crime that's supersized and it's only going to get worse with the open borders. And that's, again, Biden policies So Bidenomics, Biden crosswalk. And, and then think about everything else that plays out, whether in the Middle East today, the mm-hmm. Palestine's president steps down. Netanyahu's talking about that. We've got uh, Ukraine. We're now entering into the third year with this, with this situation after the two year anniversary right. over the weekend between Ukraine and Russia. I mean, it, it's a hot
1: mess. I, I do think age is a factor, especially when you look at the mental acuity of somebody like Joe Biden or even like Diane Feinstein. But even the older people that haven't really shown a ton of slip ups, I think in general, Americans are tired of these career politicians that get into their 70s and 80s and still hang around on both mm-hmm. sides. Mitch McConnell. Now, he's shown he had those those freeze yeah. up moments. OK. Chuck Schumer hasn't had a freeze-up moment, but Chuck Schumer's well into his 70s. Bernie Sanders is in his 80s. And even though Bernie Sanders hasn't shown a ton of mental decline, I think people just visually look at these people on both sides and say, do we really need somebody 79 still hanging around? Like, the party's over. Go home, right? I don't
4: think Trump supporters feel that way because he's not a career politician
1: a it's only been in the game for eight
4: years and b think about this think about going through any one of the things trump is going through i mean how many court appearances has he made there's a a scotus ruling expected today that we have that's going to affect you know his social media use and all of that i mean the the court cases that your head is just swirling with uh, all the criminal cases civil cases they're trying to take his his business empire away from him and he's on the clock on that 30 days. Could I mean, you
1: imagine Joe going through this and having to speak? FH? I can't imagine going
4: through it, Nick. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, have you ever had feds raid your
1: home? Yeah, last Thursday. Yeah. yeah they were looking for my big take.
4: So it, seriously, it's stressful, trust me. Yeah. And so ultimately when you go through things like that and then you think, "My god, this this man is in and out of court talking to all these different lawyers having to keep all the cases and the lawyers all straight and on top of it you are from point a point you're being choppered back and forth you're flying you're campaigning then you're going to court now you're it's unbelievable, it, it, really, it, it
1: really is. I mean, I get done with this show, I go home and take a nap. He's 77, <laughs> he goes from a court to a rally. <laughs> 855-839-1210. I will get to this Taylor Swift story coming up uh, in the bottom of the hour, and then we will get to what's on the cut sheet part due. Also, Phil has told me today will be one of his best, if not his best, Today in wow. history. Wow. Yeah. Look at him. He came in here at like 5.40 to tell me that. He was all ecstatic. He was like a kid on Christmas. It was unbelievable.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that about 9.52-ish. That cool. is correct.
1: Yeah. All right, 9.20 on this Monday morning. Let's get to the morning mystery movie clip.
0: And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Come on, watch your way! Hey, oh, camera
2: Hammerhand! hand Cover the, <laughs> the
0: Come on, a floor! Nail him! Nail him! Suzanne's the f- out of there. Will ya? Think you know what it is? at 12 at 855-839-1210 and you could win this great prize.
3: Sorry, Nick Hale, I That's never, all right. I never sent it to you. so that's yeah, okay. Uh, the, the caller with the correct answer, the twelve caller, will win a pair of tickets to the old Black Magic featuring Keith Spencer on March 23rd at his lock Performing Arts Center in Bucks County For tickets and more information Visit bucks.edu slash tickets bucks.edu slash
1: tickets Alright, see if we get our winner Caller our 12-855-839-1210 If you can identify that movie clip When we come back, our winner And also, a California professor says It feels slightly racist To be a Taylor Swift fan Oh, you Swifties. you didn't even know it You were racist all along Back after this
0: This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, and on the free Odyssey app.
1: 855-839-1210. Let's get to our morning mystery movie clip winner. We go up the turnpike to Lansdale. Welcome in Ray. Ray, good morning. What clip did we just play for you, sir? Slapshot. Yeah. Slapshot, yeah, buddy. One of the all-timers, maybe on the Mount Rushmore of sports movies, and you've got yourself a pair of tickets to that old uh, Black Magic featuring Keith Spencer on March 23rd at the Zlock Performing Arts Center in Bucks County. Congratulations, Ray. Thanks. You are welcome. I just saw I saw Hoosiers and Slapshot back-to-back oh. on Saturday. <laughs> two,
3: two of the greatest sports movies
1: of all time. It's that time of year. February, they just yeah. roll out the classics like on TNT and TBS.
3: By the way, that's not even a debate. They are the two best.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I had to do like a Mount Rushmore, if I was uh, filling up time on a sports talk radio <laughs> station and I had to come up with my list of four, they would be two of the four yeah. for sure.
3: So You could do that, or you could fight A.J. Brown.
1: Well, that, too. And he would call into my show and then say there's no issues. (laughs) And maybe this professor in California can call into Cal and Company, because we have a professor in California who has now said that it feels, quote, slightly racist to be a Taylor Swift fan. She tweeted, her name is Melina Abdullah. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, and she posted on Twitter, on Super Bowl Sunday, Why do I feel like it's slightly racist to be a Taylor Swift fan? Abdullah is a professor of Pan-African Studies at Cal State University, Los Angeles. She is a self-described Black Lives Matter organizer. She is a Pan-Africanist. Not sure what that is. Hip-hop scholar. I was once a hip-hop scholar in the 90s. A daughter of God, a womanist, a truth-teller, and a mama. Dawn's a womanist. And Dawn's a mama. Dawn's a mama bear. <laughs> and she'll fight you for her kids. So uh, she's also listed as a co-founder of the BLM Los Angeles chapter and co-director of the activist wing of the advocacy organization Black Lives Matter Grassroots. When one user asked her to elaborate on Twitter on her opinion, she said, I said, feel, not think. Kind of like that feeling when I see too many American flagged. <laughs> So she's another anti-American nut job on the West Coast in Los Angeles, somebody with a Ph.D. in crazy studies. Uh, Mm -hmm. In in the same post, someone commented that, quote, literally everything is racist, to which Abdullah responded, indeed. And she goes on to say that folks think that they're attacking me by asking why I think everything is racist. I'm not offended. Virtually everything, though, is racist. Racist. You know, what's amazing to me is with this far left ideology, it's so warped. I mean, think about the world that these people specifically live in. Everything is inherently racist. They view everything through the prism of race and gender and sexuality and everything that goes to identity politics. There are the same people that say we need less police in rough areas, not more police. They're the same people that want to lock up the products in a retail store, but they don't want to lock up the criminals that steal them. And they're the ones that argue there's more than two genders. Literally everything that they subscribe to and believe is factually incorrect or proven to be not the right way to go about it. And that's the thing that bothers me the most, I think, probably, with all of this far-left stuff, is the, is the police stuff. Is If you go to these communities where these people claim to be advocates for, they want to remove the police. But if you speak to the people in these communities, they will all tell you it is so unsafe and so dangerous that they actually want more police. The majority of them want more police. It's the minority of them that the percentage, like 12 percent, that say no, no, no. We got to defund the police. And then people like the AOCs of the world, they go and run on this. They get elected, and then when they go to a town hall, they get booed. Yep. Which by over the over the uh, by the way over the weekend, uh, AOC was at some gathering and she was heckled yep. relentlessly.
3: We also have a clip of. AOC coming up uh, next on oh. Couchy Bardu that she says the migrant crisis is, is a false narrative pushed by conservatives and
1: xenophobes. Yeah, it's fake news, you know? Yeah. Well, we all know. 7 million people. Yeah, seven point million No crisis to- whatsoever. None. Alright, eight three nine twelve ten. So I guess my daughters are slightly racist because they're Taylor Swift. <laughs> so. No more Swifties, girls. Gonna, we're not going to the movies anymore. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to what's on the cut sheet part due, what's on tap for the Dawn Show today in music history as we continue on Kale & Company.
0: It's Kale & Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey
1: app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick Dawn and Greg, 855-839-1210. Hey, a climb in. Dawn Show coming up at 10 o'clock. We'll find out what's on tap in just about fifteen minutes. Also today in music history, courtesy of Phil Omquist and who on Twitter today. But right now, let's get to what's on the cut sheet part two. What's on
0: the cut sheet? I do. Yes, AOC
3: uh, says the migrant crisis is a false narrative that is pushed by Nick Cale, Don Stenzel, and you conservatives and xenophobes. Mm. I'm, I'm looking at you two. Okay,
1: I'm guilty. Yep, it's all fake news.
3: Uh, this is what she said on, of all places, I know it's going to be shocking, MSNBC over the weekend. This is Cut 15, Phil Go.
5: The idea that Republicans, in order to win an election, say we need to hermetically seal the border when they know that that would be that is economic self-sabotage to the U.S. economy. And they are saying, let's let's do it anyway. And to compensate for the negative effects, we're going to allow and throw people's kids into factories. That is what they are doing in rolling back child labor laws while being as xenophobic and anti-immigrant as, as they are and while ginning up this this false narrative about this being a crisis and by the way by then also preventing and blocking any legislation yeah. that would provide not just a path to citizenship but a path to work papers a path to allowing people who want to work to be paired with american businesses who need people to work and and I mean, there is there is not only no moral calculation, there is no economic calculation, there is no logical calculation, there is only a political calculation. And that political calculation is we are going to keep whining about it, Mm -hmm. we are going to keep pretending this is a crisis while contributing to actual problems, and then we're going to block the solution so that we can campaign on it over and over and over, and we can call it caravans we can call it migrant crises we can call it family separation and they will just recycle it over and over and over again in order to gin up you know just so much animosity and destruction in this country and racism in this country because that's the only thing that the republican party even is standing on at this point the idea Correct me if I'm
1: wrong. The Democrats, all they stand on, is the fact that they claim everybody else is racist. That it's always racism for this, that, and the other thing. Uh, also, uh, do you think she ever has a moment where she just crashes? Like she just like the the anger that she puts on display twenty four seven. It just catches up to her at some point, and she just collapses on her bed and sleeps for twelve hours. Like I would be exhausted if I was that miserable all the time. Some some people will say I am that miserable, but anyway. Um, as I don't think as, she works that hard, Nick. You don't think so? Mm-mm. No, you're probably right. As far as Alex Wagner goes, I think that was Alex Wagner, it was, right? Yeah. So if you're a real journalist there and you're saying it's a false narrative that the border is not a disaster and that we're not dealing with an influx that we've never seen before, I would say to her, in the month of February of 2024... Seven weeks in, we have had 961,000 illegal encounters. That is more in seven weeks than any one single year under Trump. To,
3: to be fair, though, to be fair, and I'm not siding with the AOC, trust me, but to be fair, both parties use immigration for their advantage
1: oh and the republicans are now for sure because joe had three years to fix it so we're not going to give you a bad deal to give you a like a bailout right now the the republicans
3: everybody knows the border is a crisis the republicans do only choose to make it an issue in an election year i will say that on the other side though this whole notion that this is this is you know Hey look, we're going to fix this by the Democrats and like this it's all by design. Like they they want these people coming here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's 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 all there is to Correct.
1: It. And now now that they've had millions of people come through in 3 years, oh yeah, we'll close it off. We'll make it look like we care. Because we've, in, in reality, probably scooped up a handful of new voters and handful being, uh, you know, a facetious comment. But yeah, and, but you know what? I don't blame Republicans at this point. Honestly, it's the Republicans number one issue right now that they can run on. Yep. It was the economy, but from polling, in, at least in Iowa, And New Hampshire, immigration has surpassed the economy.
3: Immigration versus abortion. That's what 2024 will be. You are correct. Um, Over the weekend before the South Carolina primary, uh, Donald Trump was in Columbia, South Carolina, holding a rally. And this kind of made the rounds because people uh, decided that that him saying this made him racist Mm. because he went after... Not one after, but he says that uh, uh, the reason black people like him is because of his criminal charges. So the more liberal groups were saying, see, look, he just looks at black people as criminals. Mm -hmm. Um, Byron Donald's response to that. First, I'm going to play Trump uh, in South Carolina. This is cut 12. Phil, go.
0: And then I got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a lot of people said... That that's why the black people like me, because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated
1: against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. It's, it's been pretty amazing. But it. There you go. That- no, So said Trump saying he's uh, he's an honorary brother. That's what he's saying right there.
3: <laughs> uh, Byron Donald's responded to that okay. on uh, one of the. Uh, this was Meet the press, I think. Um, and he said uh, this. This is cut. Three, Phil Go.
5: And on Friday, you introduced Donald Trump at a group of black conservatives. He made a number of headline making comments, including this one. Take a look.
0: I got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. Sorry, cut kind of it And <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> said out. <laughs> that that's why the black people like me, because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against.
5: Congressman, it sounds like Donald Trump was implying that he can win black voters because they get indicted all the time, too. Is that what he was saying?
2: Well, I think it's in part of that. It's part of it, Kristen. Look, it was a great night Friday night in Columbia, South Carolina. The president was really just enjoying himself. It was a great celebration for black conservatives across our country. But let's be very clear. Our economy is a mess. Our border is completely unsecured. These things are causes of major concerns for black voters like it is for every voter in our country. But then when you layer on the fact that, yes, this is political persecution from the Department of Justice and from radical DAs throughout our country, this is something similar that black people had to deal with the, with the justice system themselves. And so their their look of it is real simple. Well, dang, if the government's going after him with foolishness, uh, he can't be that bad, especially considering the fact that Joe Biden is terrible at his job.
5: Well, con- Congressman, let's just be clear. All four indictments against former President Trump were brought by grand juries. There is no evidence that the indictments are political in nature. But let me <laughs> stick to the question here. Let me get you to to Biden campaign co-chair and former Congressman Cedric Richmond, who said this about his comment. All right. Okay.
1: all right, Thank you very much, Chris. And if you believe what she had to <laughs> say, uh, I'll sell you something off the air. Now, Here's what if I'm Byron Donalds, here's what I say. Trump being indicted four times makes him even more relatable to the black community. Boom. I don't even need to politically spin it with Biden and economics. It makes him more Relatable Although I did take offense To one thing over the weekend When they were talking about This clip with Trump And black voters uh, They also said Well Trump's only selling Sneakers now To appeal to the black voter Yeah Somebody uh, on Fox said that right uh, Yeah As a white man I gotta t- I'm got a little bothered by that Are yeah. you saying white guys Don't like nice sneakers too The sneakers only play To the black community I mean uh, no. I know mean, uh, Factually incorrect I mean, As a sneaker head, In fact Greg Stalker Has a lot of nice kicks Yeah, yeah.
3: Nice sneakers is Is, is a stretch of their neck. I mean, they're not nice sneakers.
1: The red ones are. No, they're not. But no, they're not. He, but do you think he's doing? I I don't think he's placating to the black community. I think Trump's like I owe a lot of money, and I know people will buy these things up. I don't think he cares or has any thought as to who's going buying it. into what yeah. you know to yeah. to market it to who. Agreed. Agreed. People are just dumb enough to spend four hundred dollars for shoes. Although I would say it's not stupid if you resell them. If you if you if you, buy, if, you if you spend four hundred dollars for sneakers, you're an idiot. But if you can resell them for $7,500, you're a genius. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> all, right, that's all you got? All right. We'll come back and wrap it up with what's on tap for the Dawn Show today in music history. And uh, who won Twitter today? It's Kale and Company. Final segment next here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You've heard me talk about my friends from
4: Piazza Auto Group and Piazza Premium Automobiles. And they're just continuing to grow especially their luxury collection of brands. So Piazza is so excited to welcome in two new members to their family of dealerships. I'm talking about Infinity Ardmore as well as Maserati of the main line, both located right there on Lancaster Avenue. Of course, you're going to receive the same first-class customer experience that you've come to expect from the Piazza family of dealerships, Piazza Auto Group and Piazza Premium Automobiles. Find your new or certified pre-owned Infinity Maserati. Or other Piazza luxury brands like Jaguar, Land Rover, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and so much more. PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. P-I-A-Z-Z-A. PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. P-I-A-Z-Z-A, Piazza Tell Dawn sent you.
0: This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app.
1: As we get set to hand things off to Dawn Stenzel at the top of the hour, and we find out what she has lined up nine minutes out. Yeah, so we're
4: talking about all things with, of course, uh, Governor Phil Murphy. New Jersey, he is delivering his state of the budget, if you will, releasing all of that tomorrow. So we'll talk about all things Jersey, how COVID money, about $100 million in COVID bucks. Where will they be going, maybe helping out your Jersey Shore experience this summer? So we'll talk about the Jersey Shore and uh, the Jersey budget, all of that. And then the Supreme Court Was set to hear these landmark, two landmark social media cases. It appears perhaps not one of them. So we'll talk about that and give you those updates as well. So much happening, a lot breaking this morning. We've got it all covered.
1: All right. Looking forward to that as we wrap it up today with today. What I've actually been told, a very huge today in music history, according to Phil Lombos.
3: Oh, wait. Hang on.
0: There we go. (laughs) There we go. (laughs)
3: Monday, February 26th. We celebrate the birthdays of Jonathan Kane of Journey, Fats Domino, and Johnny Cash. One notable single released today includes Harlem Shuffle by the Stones in 86. A couple notable albums include Motorheads 1916, released in 91, and Set by the Thompson Twins in 82, which includes a song In the Name of Love. Also, Page and Plant began their No Quarter tour on this day in 95. And the Bee Gees played their final show on this day in 2002. But lastly, on this day in 97, the Grammys proved once again that they jumped a shark when they handed three Grammys to the Beatles for their Anthology Greatest Hits album 31 years after their last show. Why? Let me quote Greg. Can we check our work,
1: please? For Kale and Company, I'm Phil (laughs) No way!
2: He used, he used a, a
1: stalker he, dropping today in music history. I was waiting for the big finish. I'm like,
3: know, there it is. I give too much leeway here. I <laughs> I need to start cracking down on people. No, that was a very good. That was a very good. Uh, yeah. Music How
1: music. About for. that. Congratulations. Nice work, Phil. All right, as we wrap it up today, with who won Twitter today? Who
3: won Twitter? <laughs> I'm going to give it to uh, Hugh Jorgan. <laughs> Oh that's right. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Hugh. Hugh, yeah. Jorgen. Hugh Hugh Jorgen.
1: Hugh. Jorgen. Hugh Jorgen. It's bigger than a yeah. normal organ. <laughs> uh he
3: he asks uh, Mr Jorgen asks if it was a late night booty call from Fonny to uh to Wade. Oh no, absolutely. I I, I was. think so. I think so.
1: Actually, they were going over yes. uh, testimony from cross examination mm. earlier in oh, the day. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. From ten forty-five to would you say three a.m.
1: Yeah, you gotta get some coffee late mm. at night. You know, these attorneys yes. work hard. They do. You think they charge three fifty an hour for no reason? Nope. Come on. All right, that'll do it for us. <laughs> Huge State... Oregon, yes. Hugh Oregon wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry, I'm so juvenile. You really are. All
1: right. And there's still four more days left this week. I know. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. We're back tomorrow morning at 6, and as our favorite Pennsylvania senator would say. Good night, everybody.
0: Start your day with Cale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.